The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, No one can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into their barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more important than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wild flowers grow. They do not work or spin. But I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, what are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for the day is its own evil. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus says, do not worry about what you are to wear or what you are to eat. So here's my question. Who in the New Testament is the poster boy for anxiety? Who is the one person in the Gospels that we read about that should, if anyone, should worry about what they should eat or what should they wear or about their very lives? What's the one person? It would be the man who fell to robbers. So Jesus tells this parable of a guy that is going from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell to, he fell to robbers. They strip him, beat him, and leave him for half dead. Maybe he should worry about what he is to wear because he has no clothes. Well, anyway, a couple of priests come by, but the priest can't help him because of employment obligations. A priest is not allowed to touch somebody that's bleeding or dying or dead because then they're not going to be able to work in the temple. Otherwise, they're going to be unemployed. Well, they go unemployed for for many weeks, and then afterwards they can regain their, their ritual purity again if they offer a red heifer. So he says, well, why not that? Why don't they just go unemployed and offer the red heifer, then they can help the guy? Well, red heifers are very, very expensive. And remember, they're unemployed. So the question is, so if two priests, priests can't help this guy because of their employment obligations, so shouldn't they worry? Don't they, shouldn't this person have something to worry about? That what are they going to eat or what are they going to wear? No. Why? Because God's going to come down and help this guy? No. Then why should this guy not worry? Because... God has a partner. He has a helper. The good Samaritan. He'll take care of him. So anyway, one time Jesus is going to Jericho, 
And on his way to Jericho, he, they, on the side of the road, there is a blind man that's begging. So Jesus turns to the blind man and says, what would you like me to do for you? And the blind man says, I want to see. So he got his sight back. And that was a very nice thing that Jesus did. But here's the problem. Now the guy doesn't have any, any income. He has no life savings. He doesn't have anything. He, he, he can't beg anymore because he's, because he doesn't, he's not blind anymore. So what's he going to do? Oh, it was fine that he has sight today, but what's he going to do tomorrow? What's he going to eat tomorrow? What's he going to wear tomorrow? Should this guy be worried? No. Why should he be worried? Well, let me finish the story, will you? I'll, let me finish what's happening. So anyway, so Jesus continues, and he's going into Jericho, and he sees a rich man and a sycamore tree. So he says to the rich man and the sycamore tree, he says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to eat at your house today. Well, the rich man is so happy that Jesus is going to come to his house that he makes an announcement and he says that half my possessions I'm going to give to the poor. When Jesus hears that, he says, salvation has come to this house. So why does Jesus say salvation comes to this house? Because Jesus has a partner. Jesus has to go on and go to Jerusalem. He can't stay around and help the poor. But he has a partner now that can So when Jesus tells us in the gospel that do not worry about what you are to wear or what you are to eat, it doesn't mean that God's just going to come down and help you. It means that God has very good partners. My oldest brother turned 16. He went to work for my father. When he came home for the first time after work, I looked at him. His T-shirt was just soaked and sweat. And, and he had tar all over his face. I said, what happened to you? He said, roof job. And that's what he said with his lips, but what he was thinking in his head was, I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life. So he went to college, and now he's in a nice cushy office, and it's nice, and he works on little computer chips. My other brother, my younger brother, when he turned 16, he went to work for my father. And after the first day of work, he came home and I said, what happened to you? Today, my brother has a doctorate in chemistry. So when I turned 16 and I went to work for my father on the first day, this is what happened. The alarm clock woke me up at 5.30 in the morning and I put on these big heavy work boots. At 6.30 in the morning, we put on a 40-foot ladder and tied it to the rack of the roof of the truck. Then after that, at 7 o'clock in the morning, we took the 40-foot ladder and leaned it against the house, and I began to bring up, carry up 80-pound bundles of shingles on my shoulder to the roof. At 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I was so tired from work that I fell asleep on the sofa. When I finally woke up, I said to myself, so that's why Dad always takes steps when he comes home from work. Then after supper, Dad says, let's go fishing. So we went down the canal and we caught some fish. We had a really good time. And I said to myself, after we caught the fish, I said, so now I know why Dad likes to go fishing after work. When I turned 16, my father got a partner, a work partner. And me? Well, I got a new best friend. Because I really, that's when I really learned and knew who my father was. And we got very close. And that's the invitation that God has for us today, is when he invites us to be partners. So let me tell you, let me close by telling you the best fishing day I ever had in my entire life. So Dad and I came to this lake down the Cape, and there was a hatch. So let's talk about a hatch for a minute. 
A hatch is when the bugs are underneath the, under the rocks. They crawl out from underneath the rocks over the vegetation, and they float up to the top of the surface of the water. When they get to the surface, and they fly away. While they're surfacing, while they're, they're climbing up to the water the column, the fish, they haven't eaten all winter. They go on a feeding frenzy. These little bugs are trout candy. They go crazy. And so it's the best fishing because they'll take anything you give them. Usually I'm pretty articulate when it comes to telling stories, but when I tell this story, I'm just lost for words. It was like, it was like really good. I mean, you know what I mean? Like really great. So anyway, I, I, take the, I get the fish, I cut a fish off, another one, and I turn around and I take a look, and my father's walking up to the truck. I go, where's he going? So I go up to the truck, and my father has his waders off, and I says, no, no, you can't leave now. This is the best fishing we've ever had. This only happens once in a lifetime in a fisherman. You can't go now. My father said, your mother gets served dinner at 5, and five o'clock. And I am going to make sure that I'm going to be there, otherwise she will not eat. You get back and fish. I remember standing in the parking lot watching my father drive out. And that's when God talked to me. This is what he said. Peter! Peter! I got a request from the nursing home from an unsung hero, your mother. She wants a visit. Well, I intend on honoring that request by sending my best person, my partner. That was my father. Why does Jesus in the gospel say, don't worry about what you're going to eat? Don't worry about what you're going to wear? Don't worry about your lives? It's not because God's going to come down and just help us. It's because he has partners. Really good partners. That's you guys. See, when you wake up in the morning, God looks into your heart, and this is what he hears you say. God, today, you and I are partners Today, you and I are going to do great things because these are your hands and these are your feet. These are your legs. This is your mouth. We're going to do great things today because you have a great partner. 